to Writing Hopes Wonders, where we are encouraging, inspiring, and accelerating success among writers. I'm Cheryl McNeil Fisher, and I'm here with my co-host, Kathy King. In our first part of collaboration, we talked with Melissa McClone and Pamela Kelly, who have had much success over the years by collaborating with other authors. And most recently, in two series, they've had collectively over 50 books, all of which have been bestsellers. Today, we will recap what we talked about last week, as well as brainstorm with our audience on how you too can collaborate with other authors and have your own best-selling series. Welcome to Writing Works Wonders. That was really wonderful, wasn't it, Cheryl? Oh my gosh, I'm impressed. When they were talking about first one, about one every mm-hmm. day or one of the, oh my gosh, I thought oh. for one of their series, the army of authors. Yeah, that first authors. one. Yeah, there was 45 <laughs> of them. I mean, there was, yeah, I was, I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. Cheryl and I thought about a couple of key points to think about as people think about new collaborations, new writing projects, and even the possibility of collaborating with other people and writing. And we thought it'd be a good chance, having just interviewed Melissa and Pam, to discuss that. And we have some ideas to share and would like to have your suggestions as well. One of the things they mentioned, it was like they were reading these notes, weren't they, Cheryl? Yes. (laughs) We thought right up front, you need to start at the beginning again and say, how do you find people to collaborate with? Things that they mentioned were the key places that I have always found the people I've collaborated with. They mentioned professional associations and author conferences. It's really important that we look for opportunities because it can be such a rich experience, as you've just heard, but there can also be drawbacks to it. I've collaborated on a lot of different projects over the years as an author, as a co-editor of books, or co-author of books also. And then I have actually have series with a publisher that we have individuals come in and they write the individual books in the series. And I'm the editor of the series. And I co-edit one of those series. Also, I've run a lot of research grants at universities when I was a professor. And you had a lot of partners in that. And of course, Cheryl and I are now collaborating on this podcast and some other projects. I come at this from a history of different experiences of collaborating, but I'd like to hear how people that have been on the call, where do you find people to collaborate with on your writing specifically? Hi, Patty. Collaborating, I think, first of all, you're right on the mark with writing conferences and author conferences, etc., The other thing is, I think you have to put yourself into groups, writing groups, either on social media or email or even in person now that we are lifting COVID restrictions. And I think that as you search for people to collaborate with, you might even want to have a small, and I do mean small, like no more than 10, no less than five, five to 10 questions that you would ask yourself and possibly those you're collaborating with just to make sure that you're matching yourself up with people who are writing 
the same kinds of things that you're writing who work similarly to you. Of course, you want different things to come to the table when you're collaborating. If everybody's doing the same thing, just get a cookie cutter product. I think that you have to be sure that you're working with the right type of people because I've done collaboration and ended up in a situation where I part of the way through I realized oh this is just not where I belong and it just makes it bad for everybody because you put a lot of time and effort into your project so mm-hmm. that's my mm-hmm. two cents worth I entirely agree Patty that's a very important point that was next on our list thank well, you, you know, for me I collaborate with people on a magazine I have a team of people that I work with on a magazine and we all have to be on the same page I couldn't help it. <laughs> so it, to do that, you got to make sure you're in alignment with the people you're working with. Anyway, that's mm-hmm. my that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I didn't get to ask them how many people had dropped out of the group. Did they have to replace people? Because those sort of things happen as well, because there is a mismatch at times. And and also life happens. Life just happens. And sometimes we can't complete projects that we really want to because of circumstances. So I have a couple of simple suggestions, and then we'll come back to that. But we'll continue with this thought that um, Patty brought up. I think Patty's suggestion of having questions, having a discussion, and I would even suggest maybe doing a small project together first, informally, to see how well you work with that person. They mentioned something really important. Their styles not only fit, and not only the type of writing they did, but they like each other. That, I think, really helps a lot. The phrases I use is, first one is a strange one. It's M-O-U, and I'll explain it. Number two is agreements. Number three is changes. And number four is exit. It's kind of funny to think about exit at a beginning, but sometimes you need it. What is an M-O-U? It's a memo of understanding. It's basically just a couple of paragraphs. It's a memo. And it says you're exploring XYZ project together. You're not making a permanent commitment and you're setting up a time to discuss what this is going to be. What are the parameters? What's the scope of the project? Putting on paper that you're exploring a project together, particularly if you're talking with a publisher, if you have a specific book project that you're investigating and you want a non-disclosure so somebody doesn't take that idea somewhere else while you're beginning to work on it and don't have a formal agreement. Or if you're dealing with a publisher or other organization that people need to get informed up the chain. And that's very simple and doesn't have to be a big lawyer thing, but it's just putting it on paper. It's more than a verbal agreement. And it also states in there something about either party can exit at any time without any harm being done. But it says, we're going to talk about this. We're exploring something together. And this is what we're exploring, an idea about this. Mm-hmm. And so people know, like Patty was saying, we're on the same page. Where are we headed? And then agreements are something that I highly recommend. I come from a more traditional background where I published 
over 30 books with many different authors and editors involved in this individually and always through established publishers. So this is kind of different than they were talking about. We were not holding our own copyrights. Royalties were being dispersed through another agency, etc. In those agreements, though, it's really important that you think about, even if you don't do that formal, full-fledged agreement because it's independent, what is the specific purpose of what we're engaging in? Is it a novel about this or is it a historical project about that? Are we headed towards the same goal? What's the extent? Is it one volume or are we thinking about a series eventually? And this is our first shot at it. And then how specific are we going to be on deadlines? Do we want to establish a first tentative deadline? Are we going to be firm on our old deadlines? And then next comes that key phrase, changes. How do we decide on how to change things? Because we're going to need to change things because circumstances happen. What are the procedures for that? What do we want to have as the way we communicate changes and how much notice we want to give each other? And really important, how do we exit the relationship without penalty or harm to either one of us? fortunate, Kathy. The way Kathy and I work is that in the beginning, and we've only been doing this a short period of time, but in the beginning, both of us would write, edit as you need to, or Kathy brought this to my attention because all of a sudden we weren't doing that. We just trusted each other and how we are able to work and we continue to find different ways to set up sharing files. What we have found out that in Google Drive, when we're sharing that Google Drive file, I can only delete the files I put up in there and she can delete the files she put up in there. So when we're cleaning out, we need to be conscious of what we're doing and knowing who can who can delete what, because we are still learning through that. But luckily, it doesn't go out into cyberspace. It does go into a trash bin for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and we've built a relationship. That's always been key for me. I don't know if it's just because I'm a woman or the way I'm wired, but as organized as I try to be, getting to know the person I'm working with is important because I'm trying to learn how to best work with them. Where are their comfort zones? Do they like lots of information? Do they want me to check in frequently? Or are they okay when I say, okay, we've agreed on that, I'll take care of it. And just let me go ahead and do it. And they know I'll follow through. Or do they need me to circle back every single time or give updates? People are very different on little things like that. And you have to figure that out with people so that everybody's comfortable working together. And Cheryl and I have been very comfortable standing how to get the work done and enjoy one another and establish a very good working relationship together. But it takes time to do that. And and to, I think having similar values of work are important. I think key values are that you respect the other person you're working with. And I think there's a lot of room for kindness. And they were referring to that. Pamela and Melissa were referring to that. They weren't out to take advantage of anybody in the situation. They trusted each other, etc. I know that in partnerships, kindness goes a long way. And when you start seeing red flags about those kind of issues in partnerships or collaborations, you really have to take note and start having having some discussions to see what sort of issues have arisen that need to be addressed. 
Kaylin Coral has her hand raised. Hi, Kathy. I, I really like what you said about kindness building relationships. I mean, you know, I'm in a PhD program right now, and I'm going to have to collaborate with my chair and my second committee member at Walden University after my next course, which is my last. And I know it'll be a collaboration. I mean, yes, I'll be doing the writing and the research, but they're going to collaborate with me. I mean, that's just the way it is. I think that we're all interdependent. And when we do these solitary works like writing, whether it's academically mm-hmm. or any other way, creative writing, it's it's a solitary thing. And I know that when I was working on my, this is before I started my uh, program in 2018, I was starting to write a book that I called Blind is Not a Four-Letter Word about myself. But I was collaborating with a couple of people I knew who were editors, who were friends of mine. So I think that collaboration and writing things by people, because sometimes we're not the best judge of our own <laughs> writing or work. So I really appreciate it. I think that collaboration is, is the way to go. And it's not like you're taking anything away from the other person. You're not taking anything away. It's just that you're collaborating and you're really supporting each other. That's the way I see it anyway. Absolutely, Lynn. That's part of the richness of collaboration. And the if you want to get crude about it, what's in it for me? I always call that with them. <laughs> it's the initials. What's in it for me? It's rich. Not only can you develop good relationships in it, that might last a lifetime, but the creative process, the proofreading process, the development of ideas together, hopefully you're working with somebody that's complementary to you. You don't need a clone to collaborate with. That's redundant. But what you're doing is you're adding value. And it's it's not just complementary C-O-M-P-L-E, but complementary C-O-M-P-L-I. You bring up another good point, Lynn, and I hope you'll keep in touch with us and write us at writingworkspodcast at gmail.com. I have a lot of experience mentoring dissertation students, and I'd like to be there as a support for you on the sidelines. We'd like to cheer you on as you go through that process. Uh, Academic writing is a unique field in itself, and navigating the dissertation process is a journey as well. And we wish you all the success in that process. Mm -hmm. These are really important characteristics of collaboration, the benefits, the limitations, the structures that can be in place to support success. It's really important to realize that you can be successful at this, but you need to go in with your eyes open. Cheryl mentioned a couple of the strategies we're using. We're using some electronic strategies to collaborate, like Google Drive. We're on the phone a lot, Cheryl, but (laughs) we also use messages and email. And our guests mentioned several different platforms they're using for collaboration. They've gone through Clubhouse. Facebook Messenger. I can't remember all the ones they mentioned there. And then now they're using a project management system. That was something new we can look into. Yeah, project management systems. What you do is you set down your project and then you break it into steps. Organization people love those sort of systems. (laughs) I always use Gantt charts, the particular type of chart, and you break down your project into pieces and you set many deadlines along the way. And you also establish the resources that you need to accomplish those. But I was also very visual in my planning and I could see I would have several research projects several articles, and a book or two, all in process simultaneously. I would try to make sure that my data analysis 
did not overlap in multiple projects at the same time because that's an in very intense use of your brain and your energy. So I'd have data analysis on one project with editing on another writing project, and I'd be in proposal development with another one. And so I'd stagger things. I do that with my work day as well. But being part of an anthology, that's another way of collaborating with other authors as well. I just believe one I'm talking about is Behind My Eyes. They've done two anthologies, and I think they're working on the third. So there's way other ways to do working together in collaboration as authors. And so in an anthology, you're not so much day-to-day -day working on things. You write your right. part independently and you submit it. You maybe get feedback on it, make changes, etc. Right. But it's definitely collaboration, absolutely. You can make choices about how much you want to be involved in a collaborative project. Choose projects that fit the level, your time availability, etc. I hope you've enjoyed the two-part series on collaboration. Melissa and Pam have taught us to think outside the box. Look at what they did. Did their first series collaborating with a total of 45 authors. And what they did was get readers familiar with a series and the authors and their style. So when the authors, those 45 authors, started branching out into other series, the readers were hooked. So if you haven't listened to our first episode in this two-part series, I encourage you to do so and check out their books. On June 4th, we have something very exciting. It's our very first open mic poetry reading. If you want to get in the queue, contact us at writingworkswonders.com or email us at writingworkspodcasts at gmail.com. When you contact us, send us all the information that you would like us to use in publicity and to share in show notes. We want to encourage and inspire you. We are writers supporting writers. We will take a show of hands, but to make sure you get right in the queue, contact us. We look forward to having fun. We're also going to talk about chapbooks, first step in publishing your poetry. So join us on June 4th for open mic poetry reading at Writing Works Wonders. joining us today at Writing Works Wonders. Kathy and I are thrilled to be with you. Now tap or click on that button that says subscribe so that you will not miss our show. There's also a link right there for you to click or tap on that'll take you directly to our show notes where you'll find everything that we just talked about. You can go to our website at www.writingworkswonders.com and our email is writingworkspodcast.gmail.com We hope that you feel encouraged and inspired. We want you to feel and know the wonder in writing. Until next time, keep on writing. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. <laughs>